Welcome to the Rule for Combat Actual Play Podcast, where our intrepid adventurers are playing through the Pathfinder adventure, The Fall of Plaguestone. Join us every week as our daring adventurers face treacherous monsters and deadly obstacles on their quest to save a town from utter destruction. Lead on, listener. Your quest awaits. Hey everyone, welcome to Rule for Combat, The Fall of Plaguestone. I'm your GM and host, Steven Glicker, and this week the Rule for Combat gang decide to head back to town, rest and relax, and have a little bit of fun, both in-game and out-of-game. So I wasn't planning on doing this every single week, but I'm kind of in a roll, so at least for the next few weeks, I imagine, I'm going to keep doing these intros, plus everyone seems to like them. So, if you are not on the Roll for Combat Discord channel, you are missing some very interesting discussions, because we found another rule that we have been doing incorrectly. Now again, none of these rules have been game breakers, so I think it's fair, and we obviously will change them as soon as we hear about them. So one rule that we've been doing incorrectly, and it's really well hidden, is that when the Barbarian rages, she is not allowed to cast spells that have a verbal component because hidden in the rules it says that verbal is considered concentrate so if you have any spell that has the verbal component it also has the concentrate keyword that is a big deal because oh i don't know every single spell in pathfinder second edition has the verbal keyword therefore you cannot cast spells while you're raging as a barbarian now i kind of knew that but I didn't put two and two together and think about looking up on a subtable where it actually lists out the verbal component and the verbal component having the concentrate keyword. It's like in one itty bitty teeny tiny sentence. Now there's a way around that. There's a thing called the moment of clarity. If you take that as a barbarian feat, then you can now cast spells while you're raging. Again, this has not been game breaking. It's not messing up the whole game. But it is important that we do this correctly. I talked to Lauren about it, and we're going to change her character and just take out... Actually, there's like a barbarian feat in there that she's never used. Not once. So we're just going to take that one out and put in Moment of Clarity. And that's just the way I roll, by the way. Yeah, should she retrain and like spend a week? She could. But she just doesn't need to. It's like she's going to be switching it out and I'd rather her use the rules correctly. Now, if she said she wanted to switch out, I don't know, something key that she's been using all the time, then I would have her retrain. But in this case, she's switching out something she's never used for something that she will now use all the time. So freebie, I just give it to her. Now, if there's any other rules that we're doing incorrectly, let me know. I want to make sure that we're doing the rules right every single week and we're as close as possible to rules as written while still having fun. I know it seems like it's impossible. A lot of people are like, well, you can either be rules as written, but you have to be really strict and you can't have a lot of fun, or you kind of can be loosey-goosey and have a lot of fun. Well, believe it or not, there's people out there like me and everyone I play with on both podcasts that we like both. We like rules as written. We like the rules, and we have fun playing the correct way. So, for us... Playing correctly is fun, and it doesn't distract us from also having a good time. Unlike other role-playing games, the people of Paizo will freely admit this, that almost everything about the feats and the traits and everything else 
kind of lends itself to the combat section. Yeah, some of it is role-playing, but you know what? You don't need a lot to role-play. You just need to have a character concept, some funny clothes and weapons, and maybe a few skills, and voila, you have a character. All those feats and traits and some of the skills, those directly relate to combat. And for better or for worse, Pathfinder has heavy combat and is in many ways a combat simulator. In my mind, and that's why I like Pathfinder as opposed to pretty much any other system, is it marries all of these systems very well together. You want to have role-playing? It's got amazing role-playing. You want crafting? It's got great crafting. You want to have feats and traits and cool character builds? It's got that too. You want to have really cool combat with awesome monsters and cool abilities? It has that. It has a little bit of everything. There's other games out there, I won't name names, that are very strong in role-playing, but their combat's way too basic. Or vice versa. Those are called war games, by the way. They usually have amazing wargaming, and then the role-playing is kind of in the back. Warhammer is a perfect example. Like, there's a lot of lore, and there's a lot of background with these games, but it's kind of behind the scenes. It's not really part of the actual game so much. Again, this is one of the reasons I love Pathfinder so much, and probably one of the reasons why you like it too, if you're listening to this podcast. Anyhow, if there's anything else you want to discuss, do check us out. Go to discord.rollforcombat.com. We're all there. We're all discussing each week's episode. If there's anything you want to discuss or talk to the cast, please check it out. Or if you want to play some games. And this week, well, I'll talk about next week what's going on this week. Next week, I'm going to talk about how to break up your sessions. This week is what I would call a down week session, where they're kind of just relaxing, regrouping, and having fun. And I'm going to explain why and how you should set those up. You should always try to set up sessions to be like, combat focused or role playing focused or character development focused or even yes this is a big deal shopping focused and let the characters know ahead of time what to expect i know that sounds weird i'll explain that more next week and what my thoughts are behind that so anyhow enjoy this week's episode so you spend an hour healing up poking the dead bodies finding bits and pieces of wolf in weird places on both Cade and Prue. You're like, what's this wolf doing back here in this crevice? How did it get there? Okay, they're all dead. What do you want to do? Well, let's heal up to full. Rob Tremarco is playing Cade Thistlerot, the halfling rogue thief. You're all healed up to full. Alright, now we're good. Smoke by. is cleared out. Smoke is cleared out, more or less. I will go back down there. Okay. You go back down into the deep, dark ground. You can see that that oily pond is glowing. Strange. And the glow, it's a very low glow. But you realize that water is not supposed to glow. At least you don't think it is. Maybe it's got another lightning snake in it. Lauren Sieg is playing Prue Frosthammer. The half-orc spirit barbarian. Oh, I hope not. Vanessa Hoskins is playing Celeste Carvassalon, the human angelic sorcerer. Um, I mean, I'll get close enough I'll to, like... Down. I'll come down there with you. Jason McDonald is playing Brixley Silverthorn, the gnome champion liberator. Take a sample and, like, like I'll, I'll empty out um, 
like my water skin and try and fill it up with the water in there and bring it to Celeste. Okay. Oh, is everyone coming down? Then I won't. I'm going to come in. Okay. Not unless I have to. Okay, it's it's low light in my have to. The water gives off an acid smell and it seems to have like a oily type texture. Then I won't touch it if it has an acid smell. Well, we bought some alchemist tools. Do we want to just whip them out right here? And do what? Test the water. How do we do that? Well, we'll take, you know, we'll put some in a little vial and then we'll heat it up and we'll we'll evaporate some and we'll put some litmus paper in it and just run all kinds of tests on it. Oh, if this is your jam, then feel this free. This is not my jam, but we did buy the thing. I mean, we can try. I think that one might be... If we don't know what we're looking at or what we're doing, it's going to be a wasted effort. Shouldn't we bring it back to someone else? Or, I mean, is there something that... Is this a religious thing? Prue thinks a crafting check on using her alchemy toolkit might be an excellent idea. Maybe she can figure something out. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it a try. I'm going to set out, like, the little beakers and, like, the little Bunsen burner. I'm going to set it all out on the ground. All right, let me, let me, let me put this water over this, see what's going on with it. Well, you recognize there's something odd about this water. You're not exactly sure. You might need someone else's help in town. But there's something off. And you, even so much as touching it is very uncomfortable. Gives you like a prickly feeling even just going near the water. Hmm. Well, we might as well bring some of it back with us. Brixley. A.K.A. Jason. Would you like to drink the water? Perhaps this is what old Woody was made of. <laughs> this is not that character. Oh, I... sorry. Well, all <laughs> of your characters seem to like drinking weird things. So why should Brixley be any different? Besides, I feel like we're talking about, like, you know, creatures that have been affected with weird, weird alchemical plagues. I'm not sure I want to be drinking the water. Not that dumb. Drink it! Drink it! I drink don't know. It. When you drank the Numerian fluid, you became a mutant. Maybe that could happen here. Nah. Maybe you could get like an acid breath weapon from this. Maybe. Or maybe his esophagus will dissolve. Maybe. <laughs> oh, it's, it's an inside joke. Jason seems to make characters that always really tote the line of of risk taking and yet whenever he rolls that 1d 100 well you did roll the two and almost die but you did roll the 100 and become a mutant which was amazing so and then aeon tuttle became a god so brixley maybe you'll become a super brixley it'll be like the uh, it'll be like the mushroom in mario you'll just get you'll turn into a human i am not doing it did you see those dogs <laughs> that we just killed weird Blind, acid-spitting... Do you want a weird, blind, acid-spitting Brixley? Is that what you're looking for here? Well... It's not what I'm not looking for. Considering the amount of criticals that you take, maybe exploding in pustulous acid is uh, a benefit. I think your conclusion is highly suspect. We ate a lot of criticals in that fight. We ate a lot of criticals in every fight. So did they. So did they. The beautiful thing is... I love that. I'm going to remember that. You crit them and you take damage. That is a beautiful, beautiful thing. 3d6 damage, no less. It was heinous. Heinously beautiful. Okay. You can take a small sample of it, 
those of you who have nature or cult might be able to also figure something out about this water if you wish to use your brain power. Ooh, I do have occultism. I have neither of those things. Okay, well, Celeste is going to have to get a little closer to the water and the dead wolf. Wow, she actually did it. I'm impressed. Whoa, 23 occultism. Reveal your secrets. I should have rolled it, but I'll give it to you. Oh, sorry. You can tell that the water is tainted by something completely unnatural. Something added to the supply. Something added to the area has turned this water, this natural spring, into this oily, acid, horrible mess. I bet it's corpse blood! I bet it's corpse blood, too. So, if this is a natural spring, is the spring itself corrupted, or is it just, like, this pool is contaminated and we just need to clean it out? This entire area is contaminated. Yeah, I don't think we're cleaning this. Like, the pool is contaminated, the ground is contaminated, the bushes are contaminated... The trees are contaminated. So a little prestidigitation clean is not doing any good? Nope. Not at all. You also think drinking it will cause a terrible price to be paid. So drinking it's a bad idea. It doesn't make one a glowy god of doom. Oh, you know this. Now you can tell them whatever you want. I'm not going to mislead them. Is is there a a 1 in 100 chance something good might happen? Yes, there could be. <laughs> For you, there definitely will be. Let me think. Well, let me think about this. Then. <laughs> Dude, man, hey, you couldn't possibly roll a 100. For three characters in a row, could you? Boy, you're really tempted to me to go for it. <laughs> Tempt the fates. I mean, what's the chance? I mean, you did it once, and then you did it again. Let's see, the first time you became a mutant, it got plus six to your strength and plus six to your con. The next time you became an Aeon, literally a demigod, I wonder what this could do. I mean, it's one in a million. It's literally one in a million for him to roll a 100 on a D100 a third time. Maybe, but for this one roll, it's only one in a hundred. That's gambler's fallacy you just quoted. But if I did, the songs they would write... The tales they the would songs tell. they would sing. <laughs> You're gonna just have to cast this Jason die. Jason of the three one hundreds. <laughs> I mean, I think he just wants to roll a new character. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> I mean, what's no, the chances? No, no, I'm not what's gonna be. Chances? I'm not gonna be stupid. It's a role playing <laughs> thing. I'm not gonna be stupid. Come on, you've done it twice. And then he rolled as on the a mouse, sub-table. As the mouse drifts wait, wait, toward wait, I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually to, to give more information. He rolled a 100, and then there was a sub-table. And he rolled, like, the best thing on the sub-table, too. So, really, it's like one in, like, 10 million that he was able to do. I thought it was did. the second best because the best was, like, actual immortality or something. Well, for the... Well, you see, that's the thing. So, for the numeric fluid... Demaria fluid, there was a 1d10 and you rolled a 2. One is your immortal, which actually kind of sucks because you can't even really play an immortal character. It breaks the game. But the second one was you turned into a mutant, which really made you a CR plus 1. It made you so ridiculous. Remember your character like a 26 strength and like a 24 con. It was ridiculous. Indeed. And they were a fighter. Oh Granted, God, like his intelligence character. was like 6 or something at that point because you had to take a minus yes. 2 to something. So he was yes. dumb as a bag of rocks. 
and, and don't and, forget that Brixley does worship the god of drinking things. Oh, but drinking hear, fun <laughs> things, though. <laughs> you, you hear Cadence. You hear you're in back in your voice like, Cadence, he's, he's telling you, drink it. Drink it. Cadence doesn't <laughs> want me to drink it. You'll get it. super no. drunk from it. <laughs> drink it. The ultimate sacrifice to your god. I think there has to be better chance than one in a thousand. I just... Uh... Well, the other time when you did the... Sorry, which I bet the rules longer, don't really say that. I bet the rules say there is no good outcome here. It's one... It actually, so, let's see. The Numerian Fluid is one in 1,000. The the Loot Box of Wonder was actually one in, like, 10,000. So this one could actually be one in 100,000. You will go down in history as the luckiest PC player of all time. How about this? Why don't you bring it with you? And when you level up, maybe you take a swig. Maybe you can figure it out later. There you you go. can just drink it later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's I just, doing it. I just he's love doing it. it. <laughs> he's going to be doing it I just later. love the <laughs> assumption that I'm easily goaded into doing dumb things. Don't drink it, Brixley. No, it. it's not dumb things. I guarantee you roll a 100-something. Nothing good. Nope. In the universe, I, nope, in the role playing, it. in the role playing universe of this story, there is absolutely no freaking way why he would drink it. Correct. At least, at least in Iron, God, at least in Iron Gods, there was a plausible reason why Ezric would drink the Numerian fluid, and the and the the loot box of wonder was just dumb luck. In the role playing universe of this story, there is no reason Brixley would have to drink. It. So for the lulls isn't enough. Mm. Why don't you roll a 1d100? In a different, in a different, in a different game, in a different game, it would be for, for the lulls would be enough. But we're trying to actually play well, this fairly you, straight. Yeah, you, well, you you, you you can bring some back. You, you don't have to decide right now. You don't have to decide right now. C31. Hey, you're getting the bad ones out of the for way. 8d12. I'm dead. Bye. <laughs> oh, some somehow it would crit. It would do double damage. <laughs> because that's the, because that's the way this Perhaps. is going. Perhaps. Yeah, as if you roll a one. Yeah, I'm getting all salty. Well, if you roll a one, what would happen? 68 is... damage out of eight. No. Yes. No, no. If he rolls a one, he just. And, and somehow falling damage, too. <laughs> yes. Well, falling so, damage. The water, really throw, the water throws me up into the air 40 feet and I drop it. Yeah, but you took that feet where you can jump really high. How's you that did. going for you, by the way? Have you used that even? I more? have not had a chance to jump yet. <laughs> and, and Kate has not had a chance to fall. You're mocking. You're mocking my chance. To, you're mocking my jumping abilities. What? The, what purpose does that serve? But one of these days, it's going to come in useful. One I didn't get day. to use battle medicine, so that's true. That's true. Well, jumping and falling almost as good as battle medicine. Almost. Almost. <laughs> Anyhow, back to uh, the water and the dead wolf. What are you going to do? And the um, foul den, as it's called. Let's, Let's... inspect the den a little, well, for as much as we can. Okay. We spend some time looking around the den, and it's an animal den. It's obviously where these poor wolves lived. It looks like there were several more of them, not just, uh, not just these two. It's actually a couple of them. It's like a whole litter. And this mother is somehow died pretty recently, it looks like. Nala was burning the corpses. We should probably burn these corpses, too. Let's do it. 
I can provide the fire. <laughs> okay. okay. You guys, there's no treasure or anything. There's nothing of value. This is completely natural. Oh, except for the water. Well, maybe the water. Well, natural. you know, we want to see if it's, if it's possible that if, you know, if we see a source or extra bottles laying around, someone dump things in here or did something to it, you know? Yeah, that stuff. Um, yeah, I can say you spend like a good hour searching and seeking and looking around carefully, and you see absolutely nothing to indicate that this was done intentionally in this location. In fact, this water is naturally coming out of the ground like this, which is horrible. So yeah. there's some massive corruption going on that's causing everything to slowly turn horrible. So there's a central water possible underground or maybe a reservoir somewhere. I guess they'll maybe they'll know in town. Maybe Uncle Targi might know. Mm -hmm. Or Nala. So, or Nala. By the way, you killing the bushes gave you 120 experience. Killing the mutant wolves gave you 120. Finding the pond gave you 30, so you all got another hero point. So now you all have two hero points, and you have 1,422 experience points. So you're almost halfway to second, third level. Third level, how about that? Wow. Yeah. Oh, nice. Not so bad. Say 1,422. That's correct. 1,422. Where'd the two come from? Well, it gets weird because, like, hazards give you weird experience the spear launcher gave you 12 xp <laughs> so oh. that, like hazards give you really strange xp they give you like 24 12 8 4 they give you bizarre like attacks and accomplishments give you like um fighting and accomplishments give you like 30 80 120 like normal numbers hazards are really low by the way like really terrible <laughs> xp Actually, you don't have... It's actually 422, because in theory, it's every 1,000. You spend the 1,000, so you never go. So really, 422. Uh, yeah. yeah, so whatever. So you're 42% of the way there. As you scout out the area, start burning the bodies, it's like late afternoon, and Nola shows up. And she comes in explaining, says... I uh, see. You found some uh, mangy wolf bodies. Uh, I managed to find a couple of stragglers that were sneaking out of the den. Yeah, I managed to catch them in my snares and kill them. Nasty buggers. Exploding with acid. Uh, how'd you How'd you fare? Well, we got them. Uh, against the wolves? Not terrible, but there was some pretty nasty vegetation, and Celeste points to the burned pile of bushes. Mm, yes, I see. And she, like, pokes her head into the den, looking at the water, and sort of, like, goes around, like, looking at the various, you know, aspects of the den and the dead mother, and comes back out, and she says, Yes, I, looks like the water must be the source of this pollution. But how the water is being contaminated is still a mystery. I know of no caves nearby that contain any access to any significant source of water. Hmm. I, uh... I have to think about this. Uh, where would be the next place to, to go? As, uh, I have to think about where perhaps the most obvious place where this sickness is originating from. Uh, well, it seems like it was added after the fact. It's been tampered with. 
Yes, yes. But then she comes over to explain. She sees, like, see, see this water? This is a naturally occurring spring. It's actually coming out of the ground in this form. It's not, it has been tainted afterwards. Otherwise, this would have cleared out after a few days or weeks, naturally. But this is, this is continuous. This is not ending. Something at the source is causing this taint, which is affecting everything in the forest as they too are drinking this groundwater, like those bushes and these trees and these poor animals, these wolves. We must, must find the source. Is there a reservoir or some sort of river or central place that you know of? No, that's the problem. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Maybe if we go back to town and talk to some of the old folk, maybe, uh, maybe we can find out some leads. Oh, well, I'm all for going back to town. Yes. Would be nice to go back to the inn and get some turnip loaf. Mmm, turnip loaf. I never really liked them turnips myself, but to each their own. Back to town we go. She finishes up burning the bodies and clearing the traps. She says, I think we've done as much as we can here. Excellent job. Excellent work. We get back to town. I can train some of you in the, the art of ranging. I can show you some of my secrets if any of you are interested i have a feeling we might have a bit of time trying to investigate exactly where to go but tarry we must not as this is only going to keep getting worse all right so it'll take you about three four hours to get back to town and let's bring you back to town just in time for dinner you're always very good at coming back to town in time for dinner it's weird how that works out all the time yeah, I'm gonna blame Cade for this. Oh, I. What did he do? I mean, oh well, I guess we. For the fact that we're always back in town just in time for dinner, it's got to be a halfling trait. I'm doing it unconsciously. That's racist. It sure is. Wow. Now, okay. now, I, I like a good meal too, though maybe not so much with the turnips. Turnips. Everyone loves the turnips. Okay, you're back at the inn. It's becoming pretty rope. And as you come back in time for dinner, sure enough, Pari's there to continue her cage training. Elfor's there ah. to continue his Brixley training. I guess who else is there? Targon's there to continue his Celeste training. Uh, oh no. And I've got my drinking buddy, Sir Lauren Kent. That's true. Well, Kent is becoming a... A I was gonna say now. he's got some newfound sobriety going on. That's right. That's right. He's he's trying to walk the straight and narrow, but he's your buddy. He's your he he'll play uh he'll play some card games with you. How about that? Okay. All right. I'm gonna be drinking, but he can sip on that turnip juice if he wants. Cool. Now with that, you get back and Metamon shows up. Now. For fun, I'm going to let you do the crafting check to see if he was able to transfer the plus one from the sword to the war flail. I think it's only fair that Prue does the roll, because you roll so well. I don't roll so well. All right, here we go. Ten. So he has really good crafting. The DC to craft it and to do that was a 16. Okay, so okay. I'm going to say that he comes back and he's like, 
Miss Prue, Miss Prue, I have good news for you. And he comes in. He's like, look, I was able to do it. I, I had to do the full 10% cost. So it was it's 35 silver for me to do the transfer of the rune. Sorry, three silver and five copper for me to to move it over. Uh, I did it in one day. I probably could have done it for a little bit less, but it was going to take several more days, and I figured a few coppers wouldn't matter so much. But look, I was able to do it, so you you now have a plus one war flail and a regular sword. Thanks for taking good care of it for me. My father gave me this flail, and, well, I'd be, I'd be distraught if something happened to it. Oh, of course, of course. And I'm going to, I'm going to go back. I'm, I'm cleaning out that, uh, that the barn and turn it back into a temple. And next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to do the plus one Kirky and, and try to transfer it over to the short sword. But I need another day for that one. Why, thank you so much for all your assistance. <clears throat> thank you. Yes, yes, yes. But with that, he joins his son and says, so, Mr. Brixley, tell us all about Caden Kalin, shall you? Well... Let's pour some ales and have a talk about them. Excellent, excellent. Well, Caden Colleen, he's he's very much he's very much one of us. He's a traveler. He's an adventurer. He he's a he's a god of the people. Some even call him the accidental god. Um, he's you know he's he's about he's about freedom. He's about living your own life. Um, Ironically, he became a god when he got drunk and took up a bet to take what's what is called the test of the starstone. So, and he passed the test, so he became a god. So, very impressive. Does he uh, remember anything about the test? What did he do? Does anyone know? Not, re- not really. Apparently, he was too drunk to remember what happened. So, ah, oh, so being right. drunk is part of worship. It can be, um, you know. You still, I mean, you still have to be able to function. But you know, a good a, a good ale enjoyed with friends is always appreciated. Isn't so. one of his tenets that you uh, can never waste alcohol? I believe it is. It's certainly, it's also a good rule in general in life. Oh, so. that's a good rule. They like nod and trend. remember they're they're both dwarves, so like. Mm, we're gonna need a lot of ale. We're gonna have to figure out a special brew to get ourselves drunk, because this turnip ale is never strong enough. So, Pari, who wants to train Pari? Kate? I will continue her training. You can do attack. Well, just do an attack roll or lore or crafting. Believe it or not, strange why crafting would be in there. But she's and she's like all excited. She's like. Oh, let's continue our, our training. I'm so excited. She has a little two little swords or little practice swords. Ooh, look at that. Attacking them grounds. It's 15. You're all a 15 to help train her. Let's see how that does, actually. There actually is a number you want to hit. Uh, what is the number? Oh, you, you train her. You train her pretty well. Not the best training you've ever done, but she's slowly getting the hang of it. She's slowly learning. Slow. Yeah, you got to start it off slow. You're showing her some of the basics, some of the foot stances. Footwork. Yep, there you go. But she's all we, excited. Uh, I uh, I tell her some like as we as we spar. I'm also telling her stories that are relevant to the move. You know, maybe something around along the lines of, um, you know, this is 
what we call looks like a little dance, but it's really not. It gets you in real close to someone with a bigger weapon. Their bigger weapon makes them have to step back, but your shorter weapon, you're in there close, so you have to treat it like a dance, like a almost. It's a very fine line between a romantic dance and a knife fight. The dance of death. Yeah, that's what it is. It's you or the other person, and that's it. You have to be a better dancer. She's all excited. She's like glistening and stabbing and attacking the the air with with glee. If you want to practice? If you want to practice, right out in the open, in front of your mother, dance. Learn all the dances you know, or you can get your hands on, like waltzes, two-person dances. So you can learn footwork. When someone steps back, you step forward. When someone steps towards you, you step to the right or the left. Stay inside their weapon arm and their weapon line. If you're dancing, no one knows your sword training, but your sword training when you're dancing. Wow, that was amazing! You're so smart, Kate. It's true. Yes, it is true. You are smart. Do you want some turnips after we're done? I love turnips. Me too. She's all excited. Is Celeste going to do anything with her unky? Yeah, I think so. Um, so while we're talking, she's going to say, So, Uncle Targi, um, who owns Etrin's old house? Or at least the foundation that it's on. There isn't much left of it. Huh? Who owns the house? Yeah. I guess I do. With that piece of land. Do you... Yeah. Do you have any plans for it? Mm, no. It's uh, mostly been abandoned. No one ever wanted to set foot or take it over. It seemed to be cursed. You know, after, well, you know, he died and the place went up in mm. flames. I mean, people camp out there and use it as shelter. So often, you know, kids kind of dare each other to stay over there overnight. Things like that. But uh, no, don't, don't think anyone really has it. I mean, you know, half this town is dead anyhow. we got all those abandoned houses to the north and, you know, abandoned houses to the south and a couple abandoned farms. And, well, you know, there's no shortage of places to stake your claim. Mm, that is true. I just had a couple ideas. I don't I don't know what things will hold. There's much more pressing business, obviously, to deal with with this whole oh, all the blighted things in the woods. You should have seen it out there today. It's horrible. The water underground is tainted and it's causing the the plants themselves to become dangerous. And the wolves, oh don't get me started. Yeah, I've been hearing the animals have been getting mighty riled up. Lots of bears and bees and Whores and bloodsuckers everywhere you go. Yes, I'm sure. Well, we're doing the best we can to help while we're here. Stuck as we are waiting for the Magister before we're allowed to leave and all that. But I hope that we can help out this town and um, set it on the right track, as it were. Seems like there's an awful lot going on here, an awful lot of terrible things. And I guess I would hate for this just to become an abandoned town. No, that's that's mighty fine of you, Missy. And she he like pats your hand. He's like, Oh, it's so nice of you. We really need a we need a little bit of help, especially after everything that's been going wrong. Hopefully something can finally go right. I hope so. Yeah. I'm just trying to think about well, I guess what comes next for this poor town. I mean, after all you've been through, how do you think that you'll you'll survive once the once the caravan leaves? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we can set up trade with someone nearby. We do some trade with the turnips. We seem to have lost the livestock. Maybe 
he sort of thinks about it. He goes, maybe this blight. He thinks about it. He goes, you know, this has kind of been going on for the last couple of years. And we used to have a lot of livestock, but it was dying off. Maybe this isn't an accident. Maybe this is all related. Maybe someone has it out for the town is trying to kill us. Do you think maybe this has been going on for a few years then? Yeah, I think it might have. Because we used to have a lot more things going on. There was a lot more positivity. We had animals. We had other things besides turnips. But all the animals died out. All the crops failed. Now this is all we have left. This has only been happening the last few years. Hmm. You know, you should tell that to Nuala. I know that she's been trying to protect the wilderness around the town, and, well, if she knew that the trouble with the livestock happened a few years ago, maybe that'll help her figure something out. Say, do you know where the water for the town comes? I, I know you've mentioned a couple times that there was not enough water near Etrin's old house, but, but where does it come from? Do you know? Well, there's a, there's a river that runs right through this uh, town. You know that. Okay, so upriver, tributaries and things like that? Yeah, I would think so. I never really explored it, but right now we have enough water from uh, the river that runs through town and uh, various wells. Obviously, we had one in the center of town that has been covered over and, you know, the plague stone was used for that. But yeah, we, we, have, uh, we have fresh water coming from, I guess, up north. Go ask that tree hugger. Maybe she knows. Now, now, she's done a lot to help this town. You should be nice to her. Oh, well, we're, we're nice to her. We don't run her out of here when she comes asking for things. Now, that's not the same as being nice, and you know it. Well, that's being nice. That's me being nice. Well, maybe you could learn to be a bit nicer. After it all, she is helping you. Oh, uh, how is she helping? What does she do? She's not doing anything. She just comes here and bothers us, tells us things are getting worse, and Oh, uh, no one wants Things to hear. are getting worse. Uh, uh, I guess you're right. She killed a oh, couple... Oh, no one wants to hear that. No, maybe they don't want to hear it, but maybe they need to. She was able to slay a couple diseased and horrible wolves and, and burn the bodies before the disease could spread too far or before those wolves could wander into town and maybe hurt someone. So she is helping. Mm, maybe. I'm know. just thinking aloud here, but she does defeated two of those things on her own and it took well all four of us to get two of them so well she's as strong as two of us i guess if that my math's right i don't know i i think you should put a little more trust in her but that's just me i i know i'm an outsider i i know i don't deserve an opinion just think about it oh well your family delma trusts her delma delma deals with her mostly uh she's okay i just i just don't trust them tree hugging people she lives in the forest. She's just she's just a little weird. But Delma likes her. She lives in the forest. You live in the forest. Sure, there's a lot more people living around where you're living, but I mean essentially I this isn't the <laughs> I live in a house. She lives in the forest. That's a big difference. I'm not some tree toting toady toot. I don't live in the woods. I don't use mud as my blanket. <laughs> I don't think she does either. I'm just saying, I, I think you're a little more alike than you'd like to admit. Maybe. No. Oh. All right. Well, he's like, he's like, well, I don't know. He's like, where's my for? Where's my food? I'm hungry. And he, he doesn't even realize I'll like, see if a I... whole plate of food right in front of him. 
It's right here, but I can get you something to put on it and make, be, make it a little tastier. I'll be right back. Oh, oh, okay. All right. All right. So I guess Prue's the only one left if Prue wants to do anything. Uh, I'm playing cards with Kent, and I'm going to be way more competitive with it than I should be. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. All right. Ha! Take that. Full house. Full house? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. We're rolling off if you're going to go that way. I actually have entire rules for casino gambling in this game. All right. All right. Let's roll off. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. 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 Wait. Let me get his stats up. <laughs> Jason knows this. I've actually done several gambling games in Pathfinder. It's been a little while, but I do kind of remember that. Yeah. I we almost we almost lost rules. Chris Bieber for an entire night. Yeah. <laughs> More than one night. Because Chris loves to gamble. Gather around, gather around. We are going to be playing a little game called The Dragon and the Thief. Okay, okay. To play the dragon and the thief, each player needs two six-sided dice. The game is best played with three or more players. Before the blade begins, the players must decide what denomination of copper. In this case, it would be copper or silver. They don't really play for gold. It's a little too much. All players start by placing a coin on the relevant value on the number seven. Then all players roll their dice. The player with the lowest score goes first. Thereafter, play passes to the left. Each player rolls their dice. The, the, the result determines the actions. If you roll a two, you are the thief. And you take all the coins except those on number seven, which is the horde, the dragon horde. If you roll a two, a five, a six, an eight, a nine, a ten, or eleven, the player checks the number for a coin. If there's a coin there, the player takes it. If there's no coin on it, then the player puts down a coin on that number. A four, you do nothing. Seven, you must contribute a coin to the horde. Twelve, you roll the dragon, and you take all the coins on the board. You continue to play until you no longer wish to play. Who wishes to play? Well, obviously me and Ken are doing this. I'm in. Anyone else? Anyone can play. Oh. It's a fun game made play by all. Bricks oh, is willing to try it at least a little bit, though. He does need to save some money for drinking. I, I do have some extra coin and well, some investment ideas if I won, so I suppose I could play this little game, although I'm I'm not very good at games. All right, so can everyone see the, the board? Yeah, but I can't read the number that's under 11 and left of 10. Oh, well, there's 11, there's 7, there's 3, there's 12, there's 10, 6, 9, 5, 8, and 2. In the right where the dragon's tail is no number, and then also in the corner, there's no number two. So there's no numbers oh, okay. in two of the squares, basically. Oh, okay. There's more squares oh. than there are numbers. So with this, we do a little... So we'll have, let's see, Prue is playing, Kate is playing, Brixley yes. is playing, and Celeste is playing. And we'll also have Kent, Sir Kent play. So we'll play for silvers right now. So everyone puts a silver on seven to start the game. Wow. We're playing for big money. Now hush now. This is big money for them. Yeah, I'm holding 19 gold. I guess I could afford to lose some here. Uh, okay. So we have five silver on number seven. Do a roll off to see who goes first. Okay. 
Cantrol's a seven. Prue rolls a two. How do you make it is roll? It, is it 2d6, right? Yeah, 2d6. Open up your core dice. And you can, uh, you, I've got you core dice opened up. Under dice. If you, you hit that plus two. minus symbol in the top middle, yeah. it lets you change the number of dice or the or a modifier. Well, I've got it on two dice, but it didn't do anything. Hmm. And then you click Maybe because I didn't have it. Let me try this. Okay, I didn't have it lit up at the time. Yeah, it has to be on. Yeah, it has to be on. Uh, let's see, who won this? It looks like Brixley won. So I will go Brixley, Celeste, Kent, Prue, Kate. So Brixley is up first. So I roll 2d6. 2d6. He rolls a 7. You put a coin on that number. So Brixley now has two coins on number 7. Whenever I add a coin, it's putting in like other things. It's putting in, like, skulls and stuff. Celeste, you get to roll five. You check that number for a coin. If there's a coin there, you take it. There is no coin on five, so Celeste puts a coin on number five, so that's two coin. Now I am going to roll. Kent rolls a five. Kent takes the coin. Ha-ha! This is a fun game. That's kind of neat, I guess. He's like, ah, oh, yes. Beginner's luck. Prue is up. All right, all right, let's go. Seven. You put a coin on number seven into the okay. horde. Kate is up. Kate rolls. Here we go. Eight. You put a coin I on put number a coin. eight. So that's one round. Want to go again? Another round? Sure. Usually you want to go at least three rounds at the minimum. Brixley goes. Nine. Is there a coin there? Nope. You put a coin on number nine. Celeste goes. Five. Is there a coin there? Nope. I don't see a five. Oh, there it is. And now oh, that's right. Goes. That's what I got last time. Kent goes. Let's see how this works out. Four. Four. Does nothing. Kent is rolling pretty well so far. Prue's up. All right, let's see this 12. Six. Ah. Put the coin down at number six. Board's getting mighty full. Kate is up. Three. Oh, you put a coin down at number three. Wow, there's coins everywhere on this board. Brixley's up round three. Nine. Nine. I believe I get the coin on nine. Oh, you I? get the coin. Look at that. Brixley gets a coin. So now you only have two coins down. Celeste is up. Four. Celeste does nothing. Only number with nothing. It can't goes. Well, my luck can't possibly last three rounds, can it? Four. I guess it can. <laughs> Once again, does nothing. Is up. All right, give me those dice. Here, here it comes. Here comes a twelve. Six. Ah, crap. You get a coin. <laughs> give me that. That's mine. Yeah. Now you only down two, two silver. Cade's up. He's down three silver so far. Eight. What does eight do? Eight. You get the coin. I get the mm. coin I put there. Mm-hmm. Look at that. Put it. Put a nickel. Take a nickel. Or take a silver. Put a silver. Look, Kent's like, go again? 
Look, there's a mighty fine horde there. Heck yeah. Throw those oh. dice. Oh, nothing. Brixley, four. Nothing. Celeste. Nine. Put down the coin. Celeste is down four silver so far. Not doing too three? well. What? I thought three by my count. Did you? Put, no. You put down one, then you put down. No, you actually haven't taken any yet. And you I know, but I had a four one round and didn't do anything. Mm, oh, you're right. Five. He gets a coin. Look at Kent's that. Kent's doing great. Kent, Kent is up. He's like, mm, this game is fun. He's like, beginner's luck. As he secretly is like, has a small pile of coins in front of him. Proves up. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you played this before. Ten. Put down a coin. Cade. Come on, Cade. Four. Oh, he gets a four. Oh, oh he got a four. No. Wait, sorry. Oh. No, I was uh, somehow I uh, my finger must have slipped that four. That was no. Sorry. I oh. roll box cars. Cade, Cade gets a twelve. You know what that means? He gets get it one, all. two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten coins goes to Cade. I got eleven. All coins right, we know now. who's buying the next round then. Hell yeah. Uh, well, you were put down two, so in I put total, down two and picked up eleven. Ten. No, ten. I'm out. I'm out. Three silver. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. No, I count ten coins on here. Well, so, I, I I rolled an eight once, then I rolled it a three, so I put a coin on both of those. Then I rolled an eight again, and I got a coin from that. Oh, well, you rolled a four, I thought. No, that was a Brixley. Okay, well, whatever. Yeah, I screwed yeah. things up a little because I must my finger must have slipped and actually hit a roll, which I didn't intend to do. All right, so Cade gets nine silver total, I think. All right. After minuses. So the board is clear. The game is over. You have managed to play a successful game of Dragon and Thief. Fun. All right, then. Well, that was diverting. Kate is up nine silver. Brixley's down two. Celeste is down. Brixley's three. going to play a game of make the turnip ale disappear. Kent was up one, I believe, and Prue is down three. I so did the worst. Kate is the no. Celeste also down three. Yep. So we tied for worst. Kate is the big winner. Good job. <laughs> he was cheating. He might be. He is the rogue. Were you cheating? Yeah, he was cheating. Were you if cheating? If I cheat, I'd get way more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you just you just cheated your friends. How do you feel about that? That's awful like low there, Kate. Sounds sounds like you're all being um assholes. I won fair and square. Wow. Look look, buddy, <laughs> if you needed the money, you could have just asked. Like I'm sorry. I can't hear you from all the money in my hands and face. You don't have to say we were all nasty things. I was being supportive. Oh no. Not everyone but Celeste. Any anyone else accusing me is not a nice part of the butt. I don't know. I don't know. I think Celeste might have been using magic to taint her rolls. Never. She would never. Also, there would be money would be on fire. Or glowing. There actually are sub rules for cheating, but you don't want to get into that now, do you? Not this time. Maybe next time. Maybe next time. So probably just want to spend a few days here getting your weapons upgraded if you even want to spend some time in town doing some stuff you can even earn money craft someone wants to craft they can 
and then you can move on to the next point of death and destruction. Oh, bandoliers! Don't forget those. Everybody can, gets a bandolier. Everybody. I can finally do that downtime retraining that we talked about a long time ago. Oh yeah, you could do downtime retraining if you want. I mean, there's no rule. There's no rush. I mean, there. Well, let me rephrase it. There is a rush, but it's not like you have to go and like start the next thing immediately. It'll take a little while to figure out exactly where it's coming from and stuff. But I would say that, um, yeah. I just don't think I'm ever going to use Sudden Charge. What with me having spells as a secondary, I just don't have the action economy for it. Um, let's all buy two bandoliers each. Two bandoliers. Crisscross across your mm. armor. You might be cool, but Will are that you make two us bandoliers jump, cool? Jump? Would that make you what? Would that make you two bandoliers cool? Gives us sixteen things to draw from. It's a bad joke on crisscross. Oh, crisscross! Make it crisscross. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. I was old song. Imagine that. Any idea what we're talking about? We're old geriatric people hanging out with Lauren. Do 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 do. Thanks for including me in that. I I feel so included. If if Lauren doesn't know it, it makes us old. You're the one who made the joke. If you say a joke. And Lauren doesn't know it because of her age. The the joke teller immediately ages 15 more years. That's how that works. That seems legit to me. I'm 97. <laughs> really? After several songs have sung and jokes made that only Steve got, I'm 97. Yeah, but, yeah, but by that math, what? Steve fought the Crusades. Well, Steve, <laughs> Steve took a chariot to high school. He's so old. <laughs> hey... Hey, wait a hey, second. Hey, it's me. Welcome to Kate Thistlerod's Insult Hour. <laughs> hey, man. It was uphill both ways, I'll tell you. That chariot That's ride. Right. When I went to school, I went uphill both ways in the snow. I actually did used to ride my bike in the snow. Uh, oh, you rode your bike? Was it, it was one of those bikes with the? Was it one of those bikes with a really big front wheel and a really tiny little wheel? From the from the eighteen hundreds. <laughs> well, I yes, bet you look fancy on that. <laughs> I yes. was. It was one of those little fancy bikes. I used to wear a little uh, little cap to school every day. In fact, you know, little rascals. That's based on my life story. Little rascals reference. She doesn't get it. There's another five years. <laughs> I, I remember the little rascals movie in the nineties. Oh, wait. oh, there well, you go. Two and a half Whoa. years. Of that one. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I know it was a remake of like that old black and white TV show. Yeah. All right, so she did, she is a black and white TV show, so it's a, that officially makes the reference complete. So we, we don't age on that one. See, there you go. <laughs> just just barely. She barely. knew of it. She knew. Uh, of one it. of the characters was Alfalfa. Okay, so that's oh my there God. we go. All right, we're in business you, you, now. See? There you yeah, go. hey, wait a second. That you, I think His hair stuck up and looked weird. You see, <laughs> she's like, oh, I've never heard of it before. But let me tell you these very specific details about the show that I know. I've heard of Little Rascals. Wow. Look, Steve is so old, when he was born, the Dead Sea was just getting sick. That's bad. That's that a good one. Bad. That is bad. I've, I've been to the Dead Sea. He has Steve. hieroglyphics on his driver's license. <laughs> oh my gosh that's pretty good that's pretty good you know i'm so old when i used to play D, it was just D, right no number after it or advanced <laughs> or advanced 
You could be so old that your social security number is one. Do you have a copy of D20 Pro for your abacus? Oh. <laughs> no. But do you know how old I am? I'm so old that when I bought my first edition of Dungeons & Dragons, it didn't come with dice. It came with chits. And you cut it out and put it in a cup. And that's how you roll a D20. That's exciting. They didn't even have dice back then. You were rolling dice before there were dice? Yes. that's Seriously, that's how they used to do it. It came with a piece of cardboard with numbers, and you cut them out the numbers. Uh, Steve's turning into a D&D hipster before our eyes. He, he was in a D&D before it was cool. In my day. <laughs> well, it's it just shows you how incredibly... Steve, Steve dons his plus two man bun. <laughs> That's right. That's okay. I don't mind being the oldest. It just means I'm the, I have the most wisdom. Don't you remember the, the oldest theory. only by a handful, I think. Barely the oldest. You keep yourself young by rolling all these dice and, and stealing the joy out of out of us when our characters die. That's right. That is my <laughs> I'm like I'm like a Skeksis and you're my Yes, Delphins. that's right. <laughs> I'm, ste- I'm, you're, I'm stealing your essence. He I'm crits and a, and a little little bit of purple energy flows through our computer. <laughs> comes out the other every right. time i crit on you it feeds my soul i'm like ah oh, mm, delicious delicious life force every time i critted and then one of those pustules exploded in your face it it, it brought me another day of life You've been listening to Roll for Combat, a Pathfinder actual play podcast. If you have a question or comment for the show, please visit us at RollForCombat.com. You can also find us and play various role-playing games on our Discord channel at Discord.RollForCombat.com. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and other social media platforms. You've been listening to Roll for Combat. Until next week, always remember to use the head of Vecna. <laughs> <laughs>